Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd. This is from the, the chapter on disciplining the ego. We thought we'd leave the zuhd aspect to afterwards because I think by doing these other things, zuhd will become easier. Otherwise, zuhd is a very difficult concept for us. It's what I believe anyway, for this world. So on discipline the ego, he says, Ibn Ata'illah rahimahullah, he says, Tashawufuqa, tashawufuqa ila ma batana fika min al-uyubi khayrun min tashawufika ila ma hujiba anka min al-ghuyub. تشوفك إلى ما بطن فيك من العيوب خير من تشوفك إلى ما حجب عنك من الغيوب. Your being on the lookout for the vices hidden within you is better than you being on the lookout for the invisible realities veiled from you. So being on the lookout for vices hidden within one is better than being on the lookout for invisible realities that are veiled from a person. Tashawuf, at-tashawuf. Tashawuf means to look out for something, to try to understand something, to gain something new, a new understanding about something, and to pay some attention to something, special attention. I want to know this. I want to understand this. So, what he's saying here is that if the insan's focus is inward as opposed to outward, if his focus is inward to look for those things which we have within us in, at different degrees, different levels, for example, if we have uh, levels of jealousy within our heart, arrogance, pride, love of position, love of status, leadership, always focused on acquiring our sustenance, risk, always to be on the lookout for risk. One is we need the risk for the day, but the other one is to constantly, our whole 24-hour focus becomes what we're going to earn, which can be very consuming because that's the way businesses work. It makes you... There's a benefit in business, it's a sunnah, but it can also become quite suffocating, very engaging. The fear of poverty overtakes a person. It, it consumes a person. They're constantly worried about being poor. That's a problem as well. Has anybody, has anybody ever thought, what would happen if I became poor? You know, it's something to think about. But that becoming, you know, that, that, that means you don't have to walk on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if that's all you're thinking about. It means I have to get, get, get because I don't want to become poor. And it almost seems like in this world that the bigger you get, the more you lose eventually. Because everything becomes tied up in it. I called a friend once. You know, he's very wealthy. His income is about $150 an hour. That's his income as a medical doctor. And then I know he's got a huge seven-bedroom house. And he's got hotels with his brothers. He said at this time, 
everything of mine is under mortgage. Because they did some bad deal on a particular new hotel they wanted to buy, and then it didn't go through or something like that, he had to mortgage everything to be able to pay that. So where you've got a person living in absolute luxury and, and having everything free, it's, it was all paid for, most of this. But the, some of the business ventures that they went into under interest, etc., etc., eventually caught up with them and took all of this as well. So sometimes the bigger you are, the more diverse, eventually you, you start gambling with everything. And then it all goes sometimes as well. It doesn't happen, have to happen like that, but it can happen like that. So then he says, <coughs> To want to be special, distinctive in everything. And other ayub like this, other defects of this nature, these are all the different types of defects. Sometimes a person will have a number of these defects. Sometimes maybe one will be more of a problem than others. It just depends. So for a person to look for these kind of defects and to search for them and then to try and attempt to remove them, to eliminate them, is superior than you're looking for that which has been kept veiled from you. In reading books of the awliya and so on, and they, mashallah, seem to master the mysteries. They know things of that nature. So this is obviously speaking about a person, not just any Tom, Dick and Harry, not just any person on the street. It's obviously speaking about a person who is focused and who's heard the stories of the awliya and their strange mysteries and things like that. So they want that khususiyah as well. So th this is a peril of the path. This is not for somebody outside. This is not for somebody who is not on the path. He's not going to think of looking for mysteries. Far be it. You know. This is for somebody who's on the path, who's been on the path for a while, and now he wants to become bigger. So he wants to know these mysteries. Why are these mysteries opening to me? Why can't I see certain dreams and tell what's going to happen tomorrow in a sense? You know, not the future, etc. But you know, to certainly know about these things. When you hear about the ulama, their stories, the awliya Allah, and so on. So, this type of attention is more important than trying to look for those things which have been veiled from us. So, for example, he says, To know the secrets of people. Um, certain things that may occur. Um, to know the subtleties of Tawheed. Like if, you, if you start reading Ibn al-Arabi and you see some of the subtleties that he brings up. And he says, This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened up to us, has revealed to us. And those are definitely mysteries that nobody can say that just by their own whim. These are things that they uh, have been opened up to them. So this is talking about a high level fitna within the path, as you can see. So all of that is not what you should be looking for. It should be an inward looking because you're looking for, you're paying attention to that which has been hidden of the uyub and the defects within you is sababun fi hayati qalbik. That will be the means of making your heart alive, of enlivening your heart. And the life of your heart will then become a sabab and a means for perpetual hayat, perpetual life in the hereafter, wa na'im al muqeem and the bounties of the hereafter. وَلِاتِّلَاعَ عَلَى الْغُيُوبِ إِنَّمَا هُوَ فُضُولِ 
Now, this is obviously an accomplished scholar who's saying this, Ibn Ajiba. He's saying, you're looking for all of these ghuyub, it's fudul, it's a waste, it's superfluous, it's waste. Fadala means that which is beyond the need. Fudul, that's what it means. In, in Urdu and so on, we use the word fudul for... Um, it's more negative than in Arabic. Fudul means extra, beyond the need, beyond the, uh, beyond the amount that is dururi. So it's superfluous, it's extra, it's beyond your need. Which can of course sometimes become just extravagant for no reason. And sometimes he says it can be, become the, the sabab of halakun nafs. Of the destruction of yourself. Because then if you do find out a few of these things and your nafs is not ready, subdued enough and the heart is not strong enough to be able to deal with it in a correct manner, then you will become arrogant. I know these things. I must be superior. I must have something special. SubhanAllah, these are absolute possibilities. A few miracles happen to you, a few, you know, a few, a few extraordinary things happen to a person and then suddenly you start feeling like, I must be, you know. Then even the sins we're committing, we just suddenly feel like, I must be special though, despite all of these sins that I'm committing. Shaitan is very subtle. So a person might think, uh, the person may start becoming more arrogant and they think that they have a special distinction above <coughs> others. You never hear that person speaking about these things. That shaykh isn't like this. You know, things of that nature. So another thing that he will eventually say is anybody who does become, uh, the, a person who does uh, gain the knowledge of the secrets of people, but then doesn't have enough mercy within their heart, doesn't have enough divine mercy, <coughs> then this knowing of his will be a fitna for him. He won't know how to deal with it. The reason you may know about somebody, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may open up something about someone for you, like being able to see somebody's sins or kashf or mukashafa or just knowing something about people. If you don't have the mercy, then how will you start thinking of this person? The whole point that you should have this is so that you can help them in a system. وَسَبَبًا يَجُرُّهُ الْوَبَالِ يَجُرُّ الْوَبَالَ إِلَيْهِ It can actually bring destruction to you. He says that there are three types of uyub that we need to be worried about. Three types of defects that one needs to be worried about. And although some of these we've heard about before, but the categorization is quite different from normal. He says there are three types of uyub. One is uyub al-nafs. Another one is uyub al-qalb. And the third is uyub al-ruh. So each one of these has a different placement. These are all different. Uyub al-nafs, as we know, is the nafs to become associated with lowly desires, bodily desires. We all know what we're speaking about here, bodily desires. For example, looking for the most excellent of foods. One is, you know, you feel like a good food one day. As the, uh, as the awliya used to say that when the food used to come, then we used to eat like men. And when we didn't have it, then we used to make sober like men as well. But this person is constantly looking for good food. It's the desire, you know, it's constantly, every day. There has to be some good dish, good food, good restaurant, and so on. Food and drink, clothing. Clothing becomes an obsession. That's a nafs problem. Clothing becomes an obsession. Maraqib. Means of conveyance. Cars today. Motorbikes. Bikes. In everything there is... 
you know, there, there is an indulgent aspect of it. So in bikes, you get a normal bike. It's heavy. So you want it lighter. So that's the pursuit of lightness is in bikes. It's quite amazing when you look at all of these different things. The world is very sophisticated and the nafs has a, a proper relationship with it. So then you think, no, I need a better bike. The better bike means that one higher up is made, is made of steel. So it's a bit lighter than aluminium, for example. Or it's the other way around, I can't remember. So then it's 10 kilograms. They, they're about two, three hundred pounds. Then after that, you want carbon, which are about seven kilograms. You're dropping three kilograms. That's very important in bikes. Because you don't have to push the weight along. How much are they? They're a thousand pounds. They jump from two, three hundred to a thousand. And then the titanium, they're seven thousand. They start at seven, eight, nine thousand, ten thousand. This is what the pros use. Because they're very light and they're still strong. So there's no end to things. Right? Now, of course, if you need it, it's a different issue. But if that's what you become an obsession, I want to buy this, 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 and you start making it your baby in that sense. Same kind of thing like this. Wal masakin, places of residence and living. These are all of our things. Wal manakin. Then the next thing is who you need to marry. And for men, this is a bigger fitna because they have the option. You know, the shari option to have more than one. So it's a constant thing on the mind. With women, they just, they just have to kill that idea even if they do have it. They generally don't, but even if they do, they can kill that idea. So they have less of a fitna there. They may have a fitna somewhere that is more than that. So for men, it's just a constant thing of that nature. That doesn't mean a person cannot... All those ulama who had another wife or three wives in the Prophet it doesn't mean that. But for it to be an obsession that that's all we're concerned about is what the problem is here. Allahu Akbar. Of course, if a person is focused on Allah, he's doing his athkar, he's constantly focused, and then an opportunity comes to have a new car. Alhamdulillah. You need to get a new car, it's fine, you need to get a new car. So these are all ayub al-nafs. As you see, we know it's all about possession here. Ayub al-qalb is ta'alluquhu bil-shahawat al-qalbiyya, which are desires of the heart, which are these attachments of the heart, ka-hubb al-jah, wa-riyasa. Love of... Um, Honor, love of position, leadership, is wal kibr. Um, love of high position, uh, arrogance, hasad and hiqt, which means a person is dominated by jealousy. A lot of these will be intertwined. Hatred for someone because of whatever reason it may be. Love of position and distinction, and other things. These are to do with the heart. Which means there's a nafs and the heart are two separate entities in that sense. These are probably new to us. Because they probably haven't kicked in yet. Because we probably haven't even worked on our ruh. So the problems of that haven't even kicked in yet. They're a higher level problem it seems. It's to become associated with the internal problems of the ruh, like looking for karamat. Stations, maqamat. There's a difference between ahwal and maqamat. Ahal is what something comes upon you, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends upon you. And maqam is a place that 
you achieve yourself through mujahada. So maqam is maqam al-fana and, and so on as you go up. So these are stations of the path. Ahwal is something that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. States. So maqamat, kusur and hur. So you're, you're concerned about these kind of aspects of the hereafter. So for a murid to be looking out for these kind of things is going to have a major effect on his ubudiyyah. And what we're trying to achieve here is ubudiyyah. Absolute servitude. مَانِعٌ لَهُ مِنَ الْقِيَامِ بِحُقُوقِ رُبُوبِيَّتِهِ See, our responsibility is ubudiyyah so that we can fulfill the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if something is going to be a hindrance to his ubudiyyah, it's obviously going to be a, a hindrance to fulfilling the rights of rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, a person becoming engrossed in looking for his own nafsi desires and weaknesses and problems and the qalbi desires, which means the ones of the heart and the ruhani ones, and his attempt at purification of all of these things is superior to a person looking for extra knowledge of that which has generally been veiled from people. So it's not talking about pursuing knowledge that is available. The ilm which is not veiled, which is available in books, that's completely fine. Because that helps us to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the other is what becomes revealed to one. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give it to somebody as a fitna. So the way Shaykh Gangohi explains this, he says, O seeker, you are eager to discover hidden matters. You desire to know of the divine mystery, secrets and subtleties. You consider these matters to be the goal. Remember that to incline the heart in this direction and pursue these hidden entities is not for your welfare. This attitude is in fact harmful for you. It is better for you to view your spiritual defects such as showing off, envy, pride, etc., and to concern yourself with their elimination. If in the course of your spiritual journey some mystery is revealed to you, do not attach significance to it. Keep in mind that your purpose is the purification of your ego from evil attributes. It's completely fine if you see a good dream, to feel nice about it. But don't become so obsessed with it that that's it, I've reached. That's the point of it. And people, mashallah, they will start seeing dreams, they will see dreams, and they will be seeing dreams. Again, these are glad, you can say these are glad tidings. Tilka ajilu bushra al-mu'min. As the Prophet said that sometimes something happens to you because of something you do, makes you happy. You can make you happy, but not make, it make you vain, not make you deluded. That's the main thing about these things. The next one is, he says, Ukhruj min awsafi bashariyatik. Ukhruj min awsafi bashariyatik an kulli wasfin munaqidin. لعبوديتك لتكون لنداء الحق مجيبا ومن حضرته قريبا. What that means is, amongst the attributes of your human nature, draw away from everyone that is incompatible with your servanthood. So anything that seems to contradict your being an abd of Allah subhanahu wa taala, draw away from it. So that you may be responsive to the call of Allah and near His presence. That's the only way you can answer the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what he says here is, the, awsaf, the what are these awsaf of bashariyah, as he says? 
What are these human traits that we need to be worried about? Awsaf al Bashariya are any akhlaq, any characteristic, any attribute which will take a person away from single-minded worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it, divul- if it diverts your attention, if it preoccupies our thought, it takes away our concentration, it hinders our concentration. So all of that is called the, akh- the, the akhlaq al-bashariya, which is coming in the way of our ubudiyya. We can, I mean, the best way to check this out is start salat and see what you think about. That's the way we understand whether we've got a problem or not. Sometimes you wake up late for Fajr. Your clock's been going on, you're tired, whatever. And you keep snoozing it. And then you wake up and you've got four minutes left for sunrise, for example. So you run, you just about do your wudu quickly. You're not going to do a nice wudu then, are you? Right? You're going to do a quick wudu. Okay, that's one half minutes, one minute, one and a half minutes. You're going to go and Allahu Akbar and just put it down. So... We can't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his reaction. But if we're to think at that time that I've told somebody to do something. You tell your children to do something or you tell somebody else to do something. And they were supposed to have, they had two hours to do it. They had three hours to do it. Suddenly they come rushing at the last minute because they've been snoozing. And they just, you know, take it and put it here and they just quickly make it and here you go. How are you going to feel? Subhanallah, that, that's, that, that's, this is the way, I mean, we, this is the way of our salat. So forget fajr, any other salat, we have to pray, come on, let's get it out of the way. So we just kind of do it, here you go. It's like we have to give food to an old person in the house each time. You know how these care workers, they have a problem. Sometimes they start abusing the people that they... Start looking up. It's like I have to feed them five times a day. Quickly go and put the, throw the cereal in, put the milk in. Here you go. Slap it down on the table. You know, that's how a salat is like that. Because we just kind of get it out of the way. Alhamdulillah, we at least get it out of the way. But we start looking at it from what it should be. So is, uh, is this the level of our ubudiyah? So why are we doing it like this? Because there's a number of things that are diverting our attention to doing it properly. So that's why he says, أُخْرُجْ مِنْ أَوْصَافِ بَشَرِيَّتِكَ Just totally relieve yourself of any of these characteristics that will hinder and oppose your ubudiyah. So he says that um, these are the akhlaq which go against sincerity in ubudiyah. He says that they cause two things. One is, تَعَلُّكُ الْقَلْبِ أَخْلَاقِ الْبَهَائِمِ the heart being associated with uh, animalistic attributes. What is that? Basically, what are the things within us that animals like to do as well and pretty much do all day? Shahwatul batan wal faraj. The desires of the heart and private parts, desires of the stomach and private parts. And anything else to do with that, with the love of the dunya and the shahwat, and uh, the love of the dunyawi shahwat, dunyawi desires. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Gold and silver and objects made of that. Horses. These days there's no horses. It's, it's, it's cars. And your business. In those days it was farming. So business, whatever it may be today. So it's these things. Number two, تَخَلُّكُهُ بِأَخْلَاقِ الشَّيَاطِينَ 
Now, he's doing a different categorization of all of those attributes that we spoke about earlier. These are animalistic attributes because the animals do it. And the other ones are akhlaqul shayateen. What are they? The kibar and the hasad and so on. They're akhlaqul shayateen as well. But they, the shaitan and the nafs is his, his, uh, is his association. So kibar, hasad, anger, excessive anger, uh, hatred in the heart, sharpness, um, which means harshness in a sense. And he says, um, acting silly, takabur, love of position, uh, love of praise, just harshness of the heart, uh, and, and everything, uh, ugliness, uh, vainness, rude, being rude, honoring the wealthy, degrading the fuqara, khawf al-faqr, all of this is shaitan creates, khawf al-faqr. Concern for your sustenance throughout. Bukhil and shuh, ex extreme greed and avarice, and uh, miserliness, riya and ujub, and everything else that comes with that. Then he says, Woman alqahu Allahu ila shaykh al tarbiyah, fala yahtaj ila shayin siwa al istima'i wal ittiba'. This is generally talking about the path that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed somebody in front of a good, accomplished shaykh al tarbiyah, a true shaykh al tarbiyah. They will not be in need of anything except istima' and ittiba', listening carefully and following. That's what that's what their job is to do. فَإِذَا خَرَجَ الْمُرِيدِ مِنْ أَخْلَاقِ الْبَهَائِمِ Finally, when the murid extracts himself from the traits of the animals, تَخَلَّقَ بِأَخْلَاقِ الْرُوحَانِيِّينَ Then they will take on the traits of the ruhaniyin. كَالزُّهْدِ وَالْوَرَعِ وَالْقَنَاعَةِ وَالْعِفَّةِ وَالْغِنَى بِاللَّهِ وَالْأُنْسِ بِهِ This is what you will eventually get, abstinence from the world. So I think maybe we were studying abstinence too early. Because it just seems so difficult. Where's the way to it? Well, we have to do this first. وَرَعْ قَنَاعَةِ Contentment. عِفَّةِ To be um, chaste. غِنَى بِاللَّهِ being enriched just through Allah, not feeling like you need anybody else, independence of everything else. Well, unsi bihi, and to feel the comfort with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. May Allah give us that comfort with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Comfort with Allah is when we rush to Him whenever we have a problem, because we know He's going to do something. Like a mother runs, a child runs to a mother all the time. And then when a person comes out of the akhlaq shayatin, so that the first one was when a person is uh, relieved of the first type of animalistic traits, then he will have this. And if a person eventually managed to extract themselves from the akhlaqul shayateen, then they will get the akhlaqul mu'mineen or akhlaqul malaika, the angelic traits like tawadu. Angels are never arrogant. They're fully in submission. So tawadu, salamatul sadr, pure heart, clean heart. Hilm, forbearance, sakina, razana. All of these things, there'll be calmness about them, uh, astuteness, tuma'nina, wa suhula, wa luyuna, wa khumul, 
they'll have a tranquility about them, they'll be easy going, they'll be soft-natured, they will not want to be too uh, out in the open, they will, they'll, they're quite happy to be where they are because they've got such a value, valuable association with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They'll suffice with the ilm of Allah, والشفقة, والرحمة, والمساكين. Um, compassion for fellow um, humans will, will overtake their hearts, so they will begin to uh, honor fuqara and masakeen. They will become more generous because their tawakkul will increase. They'll be more honorable in that regard. They will do more muraqaba, more mushahada, more ma'rifa. They'll gain all of that, much more of all of this. And when a person takes on these akhlaq, then and this becomes a nature for them, this becomes their taste, this becomes their indulgence, this becomes their thing after they've been extracted from their opposites. And وَكَانَ عَبْدًا خَالِصًا And a person become a sincere servant of his Lord. حُرًّا مِمَّا سِوَى Will have freedom from everybody else, from anything else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he will become لِنِدَائِهِ مُجِيبًا He will answer to every call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمِنْ حَضْرَتِهِ قَرِيبًا And close to the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when his Lord will say to him, Ya Abdi, he will say, Ya Rabb. That means in anything that he knows, his Lord is calling him, he will say, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. It will become easier for him to do that. فَكَانَ صَادِقًا فِي إِجَابَتِهِ He will be truthful in his response. He won't just come and splash down a meal. He won't just come and put a few sajdas down so that it's time, it's done. But no, there will be a reason, they will, he will want to respond to it. He'll do his job really properly. Because of the truthfulness of his servitude. And this is as and this is this is the crux of this whole matter. This is our, our problem, which is that as opposed to if the person is engrossed in his apparent and hidden shahawat, then he is a servant to himself and his shahawat. So then when Allah when he says Ya Rab kana kathiban. When you say Ya Rab, Ya Rab, we're thinking even in our du'as when we're actually asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our mind is somewhere else sometimes. Because whenever a person loves something, then that becomes he becomes its servant. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want you to be a servant of anybody else. And the wonderful thing is that once you do, you know, the awliya Allah who do get to the status of becoming a true, true servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only, then they enjoy the dunya. It's all brought to their feet. They can have whatever they want. We also want it. They also get it. But they get it while without any hassle. Whereas we get it and we have a guilty feeling that we shouldn't be doing this. Or we're not doing enough for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the dunya will come. It will come to you if, you, if, you, if, we, if we focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person comes out of shahawat and these nafsi desires, then he will also be close to the hadaratul haqq. He will also be close to the presence of the truthful one. In fact, that is all he'll be focused on. Because the only thing that takes us out of the hadara is... All of these fanciful, love of these fanciful ideas that we have in our mind. If we become free of them and we become associated with servitude, we will find us, we will find ourselves with the Haqq Ta'ala.
It seems so easy, it seems so easy that if we free ourselves from these hudud al-nafs, we just come out of that, we'll find that we, we've entered the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will have closeness with Him. So then he says here, there are two kinds of human attributes, vice and virtue. The virtuous, the virtuous attributes are obedience, faith, humility, contentment, patience, etc. The evil attributes are classified into two categories. The first class is related to the physical limbs, such as backbiting, injustice, theft, etc. The second class is related to the heart, such as pride, vanity, and jealousy. The evil attributes are in conflict with worship and obedience. It is imperative to strive to eliminate these evil attributes. The heart will become adorned with the virtuous attributes after it has been purified of the evil ones. Only then will man accept the inner call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Most High constantly calls you to His obedience. The Quran says that Allah calls one to the abode of peace. One should truthfully acknowledge this divine call. One will then attain divine proximity. Without purification of the ego from the evil qualities, one will not be able to truthfully answer his call. One will be deprived of divine proximity as a consequence. A man who is soiled with impurities is unfit for the presentation in the royal court. So I think what this should help us to do is that next time we make salat, next time we call unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, see how, how much sincerity we have in that call. Is our mind distracted or not? And we understand then how much we have to work on this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq.